What is going on, everybody? This is the Cloud9 Podcast Season 7, Episode 4. So, I was originally going to have this episode, you know, actually go live for you guys uh, tomorrow, actually. But it turns out I am going to be going to the LCS tomorrow on my day off. So, nice. uh, we had to, you know, make sure we get the episode out to you guys. Because if I didn't get the episode out to you guys today, well, we'd have to do it Thursday. And Thursday, I'm going to get back into going to movies on Thursday. So, I'm going to go see, you know, Ant-Man and the Lost Quantumania. Makes sense. You know, hopefully, that's good. Hopefully, you know. Uh, I said hopefully, you know. <laughs> oh, my Lord. Because, um, yeah, actually... I have hope, maybe, kind of, I don't know how I'm feeling about Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. We'll, we'll see if it's good. It's now, funny, you suck off Thanos, but you won't suck off Kang. Okay, fuck you, dude. Well, Kang is black. I, I You know I don't do that with, 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 with that kind of people. Yeah, you know that. Know. <laughs> Speaking to a fellow chimp, yeah. I'm I'm here for Catherine Newton, and I'm trying to make sure my face goes oh, between her meat, her meat rolls. She's so skinny, though. Yeah, but like... If I'm licking her out from the front and missionary uh, sex with her, that'd be it's so a, good. It's like a pencil going through a piece of paper. I, I Warren is such a cap artist guy. <laughs> he, he knows he would destroy her if he got the chance. He's such a liar. Yeah, you mean I touch? No, I wouldn't. No. <laughs> oh yes, but we. I'm going to the LCS on Wednesday, so I just couldn't have time to get the this episode out to you guys. So yeah, I'm gonna go talk for a little bit and then yeah that's gonna be pretty much it wrapping up the content for this week i'm gonna drop my excel video and i have my fanatic video that i'm working on right now uh for you guys so where do you start off with for the lec that that, that that's kind of lots of lots of unexpected outcomes yeah lot- like because I, I know people are going to probably meme on us for the whole, like, SSK uh, take. But we did say that the issue here, you know, translating to best of threes is going to be probably their biggest, yeah. like, hardship. Yeah, I know? said that. I, I, mean, I, I mean, I'm an SK fan, and I just, I'm not going to, like, you know, go against my team. But I even said, you know, Koi has best of and playoff. Outside yeah. of Jagenda, they have best of experience so right I, yeah. I i i can understand if they lose and so far koi has looked very strong in the best of so i mean and we'll go yeah. more into it and we'll go more into it. so i you know you can't even feel bad after seeing koi's performance over the weekend mm-hmm. yeah like going after uh the performance koi had i mean but it's not crazy to call them like the best team in the LEC right now based off this week's performances. Right. Um, yeah, I think, I think Dylan Falco made up a good point after PGL. Mm-hmm. He said that, uh, he admired, well, we'll talk about Vitaly. I'm just talking mm-hmm. about this point. Yeah, it's fine. He, he admired that, uh, right now the junglers are radiant virtue junglers. So I don't know if you know what radiant virtue does. It's basically, you get a health bonus, and then it also heals the team around you. So it allows, like, Vi to go in. It allows Scion to go in. Um, Sweat Johnny, you know. So if you're not playing Radiant Virtue junglers, it's going to be hard. And, like, 
again, we'll talk about it later, but he said that Vitaly was going out of the out of the norm. As you saw, a lot of teams were going out of the norm with drafts and throwing off some people. So overall, I would say I think there was only two two blowouts, but overall it was a really competitive weekend. My thing here is like this is something that people on Reddit just don't understand, which is like this is the reason why people ask for BO3s because BO3s warp your reality on what you were watching before and makes you question certain things when regarding like BO1. So, using the Vitality Heretics best of three, for example, right? Remember, Vitality smashed them in game one. Like, it was just like, oh, okay, this is just going to be a clean 2-0. Yep, we're going home. Uh, and then Heretics wind up clapping them back. Now, if this was a, like, BO1-type weekend where we would have, you know, these matches be BO1s once again, we'd be going, oh, my God, Vitality is still really good. They're, they're, they're still keeping up. But we had a BO3 to show that, is Vitality really not as good as a lot of people have been saying? Or because the thing here with uh Team Vitality. What's up, Attention? How you doing, man? So the thing here with Team Vitality is I was really disappointed by how by how they were playing this week. Not just um the competition so far, but just people need to un- un- understand this. There's a reason why. And the LEC finally figured this out. And the players did too. The best regions in the world play BO3s. Now, whenever I bring it up, people are going to be like, but they do it because of this reason. It's like, dude, come on. People, listen, please, for the love of God. The best regions in the world who have won multiple world championship titles play BO3s. You know, even when there were years that like Europe, I wouldn't say outperformed Korea, but you know, was able to, you know, get was the competitive. Yeah, right. Yeah, they, yeah, for sure they played BO1. You could, yeah. But the issue here is if they actually thought that was a sustainable format to keep, they would have just kept doing it. No, even they went, you know what? We've been fucking dog shit, you know, for the last couple of three years too. We got to do BO3s. The players realized it. All the casters and the analyst people said, the players opted for BO3s. Gee, I wonder why. Man, Faker, fucking Showmaker, and Chovy, they're playing BO3s all year. They're getting a chance to, like, adapt. They're getting a chance to, like, okay, see, okay, this team does this, this team does that. Which champions do we ban out on, you know, um, uh, what's the rotation for the drafts? Like, one, two, and three, and four. So, understanding that... That's why I always say playoffs, which would be based or BO3s. You could say BO3s and playoffs are what I would like to call real League of Legends. Not saying BO1s are just fucking worthless and you should just well, throw all your analysis like when you're watching the season. I, right? I think BO1s are BO1s are good for like international stage and group stages. Like you mm-hmm. know, if there's five teams and you you know you all play each other. That's when BO1s are, are, are cool and fun because anything right. can happen. Um, and a lot of players have said this throughout every region. Like, the thing about a BO1, if you're not performing on that day, you can lose. So that's the that's the issue with a BO1. So I agree with you. Okay. And then you we have this other aspect of people that they just – 
don't seem to see. League is not a game where you can play it like like an NBA game or an NFL game, kind of like the Super Bowl, and that's just it, you know? It's not like that, okay? So a big thing about League of Legends, everybody, is the adaptation you're able to do to the team you're facing, right? So in a normal BO1 setting that, that we saw, right? So let's just isolate this week, right? And let's use this as an example. So like I mentioned before, if Vitality faced Heretics and clapped them like they did in their first game, like we're talking like porn star, you getting fisted in your ass type getting destroyed, right? People would have been like, okay, Vitality still the, you know, clear favorite, like best team in the LEC. But then you saw the full BO3 play out and then we saw them play another BO3, right? So now you're thinking to yourself, are they as good as, you know, they were hyped up to be is Bo as good as he was hyped up to be all these things start you start questioning mm, right i don't think so i think okay so here it is Bo. oh and- sorry sorry i'm not saying these things are true the, the, these are things you must question right. when you start seeing more games being played by some of these teams well to me mm-hmm. vitality overperformed nobody saw them being first let's be very clear I'm sure a yeah, lot I had of people fifth had, place. <laughs> I, I'm sure a lot of people had Koi, Fnatic, G2 at the top three, right? Mm-hmm. Like, let's let's be clear on that. Not not saying you per se, just saying overall. So I think they overperformed, and I think what happened was mm-hmm. um, we saw a lot of we saw some weaknesses with them. Like uh, Bo is not that good on like. Where Yankos is a facilitator, like on the Vi, as the Sejuani's, mm-hmm. he's not as good, and he's not. He's better on the Kindred, the Graves, the right. Mm-hmm. You, you know the carry type junglers. So, uh, I think draft was really important. Um, another thing, I, I don't know if you didn't mean to mention, but at least there's losers brackets because a lot of people are like, well, sometimes I play a best of three. And again, on that day, you guys could have sucked. And then you drop to the loser's bracket. You get a week to learn. You go over tape. You look over stuff. And then you're back. And then all of a sudden, you, you make this, like, run through the playoffs, right? So it works. Like, at having the best of threes and also having a loser's bracket is good. Troy, to answer your question, nobody wants to watch Immortals or... or uh, Golden Guardians because they're they're despicable orgs to think to watch to be to I don't even watch I don't even watch LCS so there's that but um I just wanted to put that point up that I think Vitaly overperformed um and I think that they need to learn like Botan and Bone need to know how to play tank type champions. Because sometimes they can't, they don't need to carry the game. Um, that's my opinion. Uh, I, I guess you can go into the first best of the, the first best of as well, since we we're talking about Vitality. So, so my thing also that people need to kind of see is understanding that when you're going in to play a Bo3, adaptation is key, right? So. If your team is very not is actually has weak parts about them, 
the reason why you have good adaptation is you will kind of, you know, see a point in there where you could, okay, we have to bandage this up. Well, you saw Vitality trying to do that, and that just didn't really happen all that well. So, okay, so that, that that's just the concept around BO3s. You know, seeing these teams play more gives you just a better understanding of where these teams are strength-wise. I'm not saying that, you know, Vitality can't improve to where they were during the regular season when we saw them play, right? I'm not saying that. I'm also not saying that it's impossible for them to kind of, you know, band-aid their bot lane situation. But the thing here with their bot lane situation is that if Bo is having to resort to playing Nidalee, that's that's not a panic button. No, but. I, I don't think it was a Bo problem. I think they forgot that. Remember last year, comp hmm. last year, remember when Zeri was just giga OP? Comp was popping off on that champion. I think you and Zeri's and who's in the meta right now? It's Zeri, Siver, Caitlyn, and he's not that good on Caitlyn or Lucian. I think he played one Lucianami. I'm not sure in that in that series, but you don't give him Zeri. He's just really good on that champion. All the most of the games won. The team had Zeri. Why? Like if you're if you're not gonna get it, ban the champion. That, that, like, 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 I don't understand how they let that champion get into Com's hands. Do they forget that how that's how Vitality went like nine and zero in the beginning of the split or something like that of spring? Like, do they do it? Just is history like wiped, or am I blind? <laughs> well, my thing here is that whenever I see a team pick Nidalee, they auto lose. I was like, yep, this team lost because Nidalee, as a jungler, to me. It's not really Bo's fault because they're they're trying to give Bo the ultimate. Okay, you the early game is like in your hands because our bot lane is just not it's that just hasn't been performing you know overall like this week. So you're they're taking Nidalee with the aspect of okay, Bo gets to run over the early game and then they'll just pick a comp around Bo to facilitate that. But the problem here. Is that people these these teams just keep doing this? It's like, why are you picking Nidalee? Nidalee is a champion where there's so many other better options than Nidalee, just in every situation. You know, I think Hecarim is better. I think Zin Zhao is better, which, you know, fucking um G2, not sorry, Koi played. Malron played Zin Zhao, right? I think Lee Sin's actually I think the problem Lee is Sin has much more utility, way more better. Actually, if you want to do proactive dives, Lee, Lee Sin does them better. I think. Right? The, I think Self Made brought this up in a, in a, in a stream because I watch his stuff sometimes. Mm -hmm. The problem with a lot of the pro scene is that they're very rigid. Like, okay, so we know that Sejuani and Malakai are strong, but people forget that Volibear can dive with his ult and basically make a tower useless. People forget Lee Sin can kick you back and can is an early game mm -hmm. jungler that's supposed to snowball. Zen's out early game. Like I don't understand why. Like sometimes just because there's a meta doesn't mean you can't break the meta. Or or at least you try different champions to kind of get what you need out of them. Like for me personally, guys, there's no real reason for people to pick Nidalee anymore. I'm not saying that Nidalee is just a the worst champion in the game. But when you look at all the other junglers 
in competitive play and look at what they provide versus what Nidalee provides, if you legitimately do not get ahead on her, she's useless, okay? Yeah, people say, oh, yeah, you could just throw spears and poke people. Great. Elise can do that, and she can tower dive, and she can repel, and then she can also get out, and she also has a spider link to do extra damage. So if you want to do that, if you want to use that angle, picking Elise is much better. Or Echo. Or you will, you can, oh, yeah, I forgot. that that You got you can also put that jungle out, too. Or as, as you said earlier, Lee Sin. Lee Sin can not only farm better, he can also dive better, and he can also uh, make bear. picks with... You can, you can, like, Nidalee is such a useless champion. I'm Diana sorry. Diana would have been better. What, or, oh, oh, I remember uh, Remember in that Gen G series we watched with Canyon, right, last year, Gen G versus Damwon? Remember game five, Canyon picked fucking Nidalee? He lost. There's a few of the other teams in the LPL. They'll like randomly pick fucking Nidalee. They lose. Nidalee, guys, I'm sorry, is a dog shit champion. She needs a rework. Picking Nidalee is an auto loss because there's much better junglers that do much better things than her. Basically the same, and you have better utility in your kit. Why? Okay, Vi is essentially, Vi is not the same thing, but Vi is a bit better. Vi can not only clear as fast, she can uh, obviously pick off the A. She ADC, can Vi fast to the down. Mm-hmm. Nidalee. All, like if your team, if, if there's two mega tanks in the team, all the mega tank does is they have to just stand in the front of Nidalee's spears and just tank them, and they do essentially nothing. So if the oh. enemy team picks Scion into your Nidalee, you might as well just go GG go next, and you might as well fire that coach and get him sent to the FBI because I'm not playing that game. I'm uh, sorry. Conceal, I don't think the former MSF players are bad. The only one that underperformed so far is. VTL out of all of, like I'm thinking, because Zanzar is not there no more. Irrelevant has, uh, yeah, no. So, yeah, I don't think they underperform. You have to remember that, like, a lot of the, these are new orgs as well. These are new teams. So that's kind of a, oh, it says a bit of an unfair statement in my opinion. It's a weird one because, like, and, and on one hand, I can't just discredit how de- like how good or decent they, they performed last year. But if you're talking about just this year in isolation, yeah. I mean, we've talked about Ventio just sucking. I've, I've been over that intensively, like, breaking down, showing you guys how bad he's been actually playing this year. But I also said, hey, this doesn't take away how well he performed last year. I'm not going to just do that because that's kind of just – that's just bad analysis. I, I, I hate when people do that. People will be like, okay, this guy's playing bad right now, so that just discredits what he did last year. No, you can have two angles of it. He played well last year, and I also make sure I put the asterisk around the Misfits players last year being the fact that some of the Misfits players kind of, yes, overperformed, but they were also in the situation of are they doing good because every other team is really bad, which we also know is true because when it comes to playoffs, they completely just got ass blown out, and everyone knew. When it came to playoffs, they were going to get destroyed. Like, you knew that going in. So, it's one of these things where you look at it like, let's see how well the rest of the year plays out. And then you will probably have a more definitive answer on that. Specifically because, you know, Vettio really performed badly. Um, Neon, I mean, we even told people, we're like, guys, Neon's not that. The the, the level you're thinking Neon is, is the level you're thinking like Comp is like, okay? The way you're thinking, like upset is or unforgiven. Neon wasn't even as good as unforgiven last year, guys. Come on, like unforgiven was way better than him, and you could say Patrick was way better than him in a lot of the games too. So 
for me personally, uh, Neon and Neon not performing very well is not surprising because I think he's a middle of the pack ADC to begin with. So he yeah. kind of gave me exactly what I thought he was going to be anyway. Like people are thinking, like this guy's like unforgiving. I'm like you watch any games? No, here? <laughs> he's just a, he's just a solid. Uh, AD. Like the meta was Jinx, and the, and he always had Jinx when they won. They literally only just gave him Jinx. I totally forgot you. Yeah, I totally forgot and Zary. that. I totally forgot that's who people would typically play Jinx and Cesare, right? Mm-hmm. But anyway, I, again, I don't, I don't know why people don't uh, switch up on things. Let, let, like, let me ask you, what's the point of picking Nidalee if Kindred's always open? There's just no reason. Because they needed an AP option, and if you're gonna go AP, I well, well, I've been saying mm-hmm. to my friend, and I've been saying to people. Mm-hmm. Lilia got buffs. Lilia is very good right now. Yeah, I played Lilia. Looked great on her. Yeah, yeah. Lilia has good setup. Her ult is basically devastating. She scales. She shreds tanks. She's really mobile. Lilia, um, way more useful than Nidalee. I'll, I'll wait, take Lilia in every game. Lilia, there's Diana. There's mm-hmm. Gragas, where you can flex Gragas top or mid or even support if they, they know how to play. So there's options. I don't know. Again, maybe there was something in scrims. We don't know. They they, um, they they were basically going like, okay, Bo has to get us through the early game, and he needs a strong enough early game champion to do that. That's their mindset. Because why would you pick Nidalee? I Nidalee is such a troll pick. I I, I guess I swear to you, I see you team pick Nidalee. I'm insta going. You're losing. Because it's so troll picking Nidalee when there's options like Diana open. As as you said, Lilia. We literally saw Lilia open. If Elise is not banned, you need to take her. I'd rather you, you know, have that yes. happen. Yeah, I think I think the thing is, and then the problem with Nidalee is you need, like, Renekton, which you know, the moment you see Renekton, uh, like, you're going to have to, but that's, again, you got a snowball. It's like, it's, it's such a high-risk, high-reward. Whereas if you go, like, say, Diana, Diana scales, she clears fast, she has good setup, like, her, her ult can, can, she can dive. Um, Gragas is good. He, he, he's good. Gragas is always good, right? So I don't know. I think it's a scrims thing. Um, I still don't think that comp should have got Zeri. I don't think, mm-hmm. uh, Trimby should have gotten Ash either. Yeah. Or, um, so there's a lot of things to discuss, uh, once we get to those. Yeah. Um, the other thing that I, I would tell you guys is, kind of understanding how certain things go before you get into a BO3. So, like, let's use the SK Koi one, for example, because it's the best way to really explain this to a lot of you guys who are new to watching. For those of you who probably don't understand this, right? So, SK had a pretty good regular season, all things considered, right? They played really well. They managed to upset all the favorites. They got it in top four. This was their best regular season placing, I think, since, I mean, forever, honestly. Like 2016. <laughs> so they definitely did good and overperformed, which is awesome to see. And not just overperform. We watched the games. They completely clapped a lot of these guys, too. Like, completely just running them down. Yeah, like, by far, no matter what anybody can say, even though they had a terrible performance, DOS and Execute are the best bot lane right now. Hmm. Hello? Uh, no, so, no, like, like, because cause they put up the stats, and literally... Yeah, Ex- yeah, they played really well in the regular Ex- season. They played Ex- great. Ex- is literally first or second in his in his category. It was also crazy that Niski was first in everything. 
that was that that's also weird too but SK Gaming in the regular season played very well and it wasn't like oh this better team just threw into them kind of like what Misfits was having last year like because last year Misfits literally had the better teams just throw they just they gave I swear it was competitive win training or some shit throw into them okay no SK just blew them out like it was just a straight up they, they were just a better team right now you're looking at them facing Koi. Now Koi is the opposite of what we were just talking about. Koi had a pretty bad regular season, right? They finished, I think, seventh or sixth in the regular season. I mean, Jagenda was looking like basically a you know, you ever ate cinnamon toast crunch, guys? And then sometimes your mom would buy you that off-brand cinnamon toast crunch. So basically, Jagenda is like off-brand name brand cereal, right? And he was looking like, I don't know what, why you're even here if you're not really going to be providing anything. Malrung had some good games throughout the regular season, but struggled in a lot of the other you know games that they were losing and struggling back, like kind of being one of the main reasons why they were losing. Comp and Trimby were essentially just getting gapped in a lot of these games too. Uh, Larson wasn't performing to the level that we expect of Larson. I... Like Larson, I think Larson's always been really good, super underrated player. I was glad he finally won a title last year. He had a underwhelming uh, regular season. So you're thinking going in, like, SK right now should beat them. And that's not a wrong analysis because, remember, guys, like, when you're watching a certain team perform and you're going through a lot of these games, you have to kind of understand that, if you're taking what you saw in the regular season, not just for face value, but you're watching these games, you're investing your time and you're trying to understand who is like the best team. Okay. So when you're looking at that, yeah, the correct analysis is yes. SK gaming is playing better than Koi right now. They should win. But then the other angle plays in that being the fact that SK, this roster is full of essentially not like new players, but this is a newly formed roster with no best of experience a team like Koi, the defending champions, literally I've only switched out one player, is going to have that edge over them. And it showed in the series. I mean, they got essentially blown out. And that's going to happen when you have a new team that is not good yet at playing best of series. So if SK can, you know, defeat um, Heretics coming up on Saturday, I think that might carry them into su- into whoever they're going to face, obviously, which is um, they're going to face Team Vitality, right? So if SK be- beat Heretics, they're going to face Team Vitality. I think maybe if SK can get back to that regular season form they had, they could easily run down uh, Team Heretics. That's going to be kind of like a you know pretty back-and-forth series, but I think SK edges that out. I think against Team Vitality... Uh, it, it that's going to be a hard one too, you know, like is SK the favorite in the Vitality SK series? I don't know about that yet, but that's just how I see the series so far. It's like Koi is composed of the defending champions, literally one new player. SK Gaming has five players that have never played together before. It's just kind of how that works, but it's not the wrong analysis to be like, okay, SK should win this based off how they're pouring previously. Cause you'd be a crazy man to be like, Koi's going to win this. To a certain to a certain to a certain extent, because you're only banking on okay, they're just a good team in BO and best of series, but we haven't seen this roster play a best of uh, series yet with uh, Shigenda. So well, there's no I, right or wrong answer, is what I'm trying to say. I think 
in the SK Koi series, mm-hmm. but Marcoon not getting Elise was problematic. Yeah, we said that. We said, hey, he's really good on Elise. You either ban this or he's going to have to play something different because you get this guy Elise, you, you, you probably should just go to next week. <laughs> right. So I think. I think he even realized that. I mean, they went again. They went with a radiant virtue jungler by mm-hmm. Momo, but I think I wouldn't be surprised that they discussed that because if if you're if you can't play Elise, you need to play either Vi or you need to play Maokai or Wukong, right? Because um, that's what. So the, the junglers that got played were Vi, Wukong. Zinzal, uh, Maokai, right, and Sejuani. These are the, and these are the generals that we have played. But you know, there's also Graves and uh, Kindred. Uh, Kindred. So I think, I think, um, Markun's gonna have to like really go into his champion pool if they're gonna win. Because remember, he's like the veteran that's leading the team. I don't think intensive. I think he said SK got exposed. They played better in the second game than they did the first game. The second game was much. Uh, that second game, it was closer. Yeah, and you could tell that they either it's one of two things: they came on too late, or it was something where maybe Koi left them get these openings because that game one was pretty, uh, <laughs> pretty, uh, pretty, uh, fuck, what's that? Uh, <laughs> and we said this too. I said this on my LCS show with Chaz on uh, Sunday. Stop picking Jace mid. Every oh, these Western teams, man, picking Jace mid. Western players are never ever going to play Jace at the level that we know that it can be played at at the highest level. When you're watching teams in the LCK play it and teams in the LPL, if a team picks Jace mid or Nidalee, I I I assume automatic loss. You know, like, and I do think Surtz has had a really good regular season. I, I just don't understand the reason why you would put him on something like Jace. Like, I, I think he's been a good, a really good Azir, Akali player. I, I think this shows that he has a pretty limited champion pool on what he can really, really do. But it's also hard when, you know, if SK Gaming are good at the early game, which is their biggest strength, then having a Jace pick does suit what the team actually is about. The problem here is I, I think you could have got that with potentially another champion that'll do very similar things to get SK Gaming around to where they need to be. The problem here also is just seeing just how the best of three played out between these two teams is more like, okay, this is a, this is not the same team I was watching last week. Because guys, the best of threes just happened right now. Like literally last week, these guys were playing amazing in the early game. But this is what happens when you have time to, you know, uh, scale Correct. up with the split too. Like this is the thing people understand is like sometimes having a bad start is yeah you need to make sure you analyzing it correctly and calling it out when they're playing badly. But remember, like some of these teams with better players, they get to have that extra bonus of okay, we're doing badly badly right now, but you also can't count us out, and now we can also scale up with the split because remember it's not it's a sprint, not a marathon, or it's a marathon, not a sprint. So when you're looking at teams like Koi or any team that's been a championship winner, always keep in the back of your head. This team also could scale up and also, you know, do better as the split progresses, even if they have a bad start. So we're going to go over 
the SK Koi series right now. Give me one second, everybody. All right. So this was game one where they gave Certus um, Jace mid. Uh, Koi just absolutely running them down. Uh, the Silas pick. Like, it also feels like whichever team has Silas is just going to get a massive advantage, you know, basically. Say to that to Mad Lions. Niski played really well. You got to give him credit. He played insanely well. First part did of the game. Loot? Did they win? He, because he, his brain turned into fucking uh, termites. Because his termites were eating his brain. Did, did they win? Did you listen? To, wait, am I crazy? Did, did you hear the English language I was speaking? Did, did they win, though? Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, Lord. <clears throat> mm. So, right here in game one. You have Koi just literally ripping them apart. Th this was not the same team I was watching throughout the regular season. Uh, also, the Zaya pick that the European ADCs have been bringing out, I mean, I don't think it's really been that effective overall. I, I think Zaya right now, without Rakan, just looks kind of bad if i'm just being honest here like we saw double if or thresh yeah like zaya is a not a bad adc in theory but when you have i don't know really what Kick thought he was doing right there Kick is out here you know solo trying to solo the crab by himself getting chunked out just you you can see very clear rookie mistakes this uh newly built roster is doing you know so now that you have a week, essentially, to fix these issues, hopefully fix these issues, what are you going to bring to the table now? Because if all the SK gaming can bring is a good early game, and if you stop them in the early game, it's very clearly shown they don't really know how to you know, come back from behind or know how to play from an even map state. That's kind of where we're at with you know SK right now. Um, but we know that Koi can play from behind. We know that Koi, in good situations in the game when it's an even map state knows the better play to make. And that's kind of where we're at. Uh, there was this play toward the very end of this game right here uh, where they tried to get onto comp and they just couldn't get to him because, you know, the team did a very, very good job of protecting comp. Comp and Trimby massively stepped up, you know, compared to the regular season performance that, you know, they had, you know, last week and the weeks prior which is surprising to a lot of people. It's like, no, that's like good players like that are going to bounce back. I, I said, I'm not going to write them off right now. I like it, it. It's so foolish of people to just write off certain players that have literally, I repeat guys, proven success, proven track records of doing pretty good. Just because you have a few bad weeks is like, no, so you need to obviously, yes, be very fair and go like, okay, this guy's playing badly, but you, you can see the ceiling in these two players. These guys are not bad. Yes, they were playing badly. I agree with that. But there's no real world you think like, okay, they're going to be this bad for this long. That's just completely ridiculous, right? So And you saw it in the BO3s that they played this week. Comp and Trimby, you, you now with the updated analysis that you see, this bot lane is still really good. So you knew it was either basically a slump that these guys were going through or they simply were trying to, you know, um, what's the best way of explaining it after that? It's one of these things of, okay, these guys just haven't hit the stride yet in this season. That's just kind of the best way.
that I would really put it. But, you know, once they uh got, you know, this win, I was like, okay, because they looked better than Team Vitality in, in a lot of the early game too. And Koi, also known for their very good early game as well. Now, pure the fact, like, Kaylin and Lux is such a great, strong bot lane. Like, the amount of, you know, pressure you get from Caitlyn Lux means that you yourself really should not be losing to Lucian Nami unless you get into a scenario where, you know, the jungler is applying just an insane amount of pressure on you, right? So right here, uh, Larson had a great flank angle, uh, comp still untouched. They, they literally threw everything in the kitchen sink, you know, at Larson. Still couldn't get to him, right? Then you also have, uh, like I mentioned before, Certus not having the best series. Uh, Larson definitely showing he's still a top four mid in the LEC. Uh, Markun uh, struggling on the Amumu pick. Maybe this is where his weakness is with the tank junglers. And yeah, Koi get the series 2-0. And I'm, it's actually good to see the defending champions, you know, play this well and win in such a decisive way, you know? So then after that, uh, the other series that I wanted to go over was the G2 uh, BDS series, actually. Oh, yes. That was a very... Uh, that was a series. That was League of Legends. The last, the first two were, the first two games were back and forth, and then the first last... was very back and forth, yeah. The last game was just a, was just a stomp. Uh, so let's go to the last game, okay? Game... Oh, my, my bad, because it only went to two games. Jesus Christ. I'm retarded. What, BDS and... No, sorry. Uh, yeah, BDS and G two. No, sorry. Oh my god. Oh my lord. I'm on crack. Yes, I'm on right. crack. I meant G two and Mad Lions. But yes, you are right. The first two games back and forth. The last game, get off the stage. Get off. Go home, BDS. Now, what do you think about BDS now? Ever having saw them in the Bo threes, they have a high ceiling. Mm-hmm. They have a really high ceiling. If they can fix up their mid to late game, they could be a top four team. That's crazy. That's man, what? I'm you know, I says I'm proud of whatever they they started doing because it is definitely working out for them. That's how you really improve going from dog shit bottom to the top or getting up there to the top. Now I, I still think that they don't have the best players to win a title, but hey, as long as they're able to challenge, I and... think they. I think they do. I think the only thing is, I think they do because they challenge. the The BDS series was more mm -hmm. competitive than the Mad Lions, Mad the Mad Lions G two series. Like, um, this I, was game three. This was game three. Now this was. Hmm. Now, did the, did the pressure get to them in this game? Because I like their comp better than G2's, actually. Like, uh, I like their... I like the, BDS's the comp. There's nothing really wrong with it. The problem was was that the the Caitlyn the Caitlyn Lux queen got behind. And when you and when you lose your flashes in the... It's it just hard to you know, to have pressure. So they... They from there on the game becomes really hard, right? And then like right, yeah. There's a lot of like indecisiveness as well. Um, I think the bot lane played too aggressive in the series. Like like you saw, uh, right here in, in this 
because the best part about this team also has been Crowny. So they know, like, okay, we got to shut this guy down if they start playing over aggressive. And Lilia is the perfect champion to do that. High speed, high speed, clear, very good mobility. Then you also have Caps, who's on Jace. Now, this is how you utilize Jace, man. This is probably the best, at least best Western League of Legends game I've seen where the player utilized the Jace pick very well. You leave the lane, right when you shove it in, you come down bot lane, if they're being aggressive, and then you just completely wreck the bot lane that's playing over aggressive. That's how you utilize the pick, at least early on, right? Because the reason why you have to pick certain champions like Jace, because you have a pushing lane. So if you push the guy, your enemy opposition upwards, you can make the first move. It's just like kind of like chest, right? Then the BDS bot lane plays aggressively again, and then they get punished for it this time around, not with Jace, but with Lilia, then Shiel was not really getting that much done in the game un- until this moment where you're thinking like, okay, he's probably going to win this trade. And then you also have Broken Blade getting the solo kill on Adam. Now, hey, Adam has had a really good season, all things considered. He's definitely massively over, uh, massively stepped up compared to his previous uh, performance in the LEC, which I thought was actually pretty good. So then you have this this play where LeBrov is getting that kill onto Caps and helping uh, Nuke out. But then you would definitely want that gold going to the rise, okay? Then you also have this other part in this game where you could tell, like, G2 was the team that's ahead. You know if they fight around Rift Herald like they're going to do right now, G2's comp is just way better. You uh, Like, Leona just throwing down her ult and Jace poking is just going to be enough to win the Rift Herald fight overall. Like, I think it's a stupid decision. Can you, to... Yeah, sorry, oh, go ahead. Oh, can you go back? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, before the fight actually starts, um, so I think they should have not even contested this, because look, look where, pause it right here, right? Mm-hmm. So, look where Crown Shot is, and look where Broken, Broken Blade has, Broken Blade can collapse. And so the thing is, right now, this is just bad. They should just disengage, give it up, mm-hmm. and, and go. And just because the thing is, Leona has ult. Yeah, I can sleep them with, with, with something. Um, so this was just a bad call. I think they should have just. I think if they don't go for this Herald, they, the game is still stabilized, personally. Because yeah. look how it plays out. Yeah, my thing here is I, I just don't think their comp should be contesting Harold, especially not with Caitlyn, though. Because if you look at where the map is, Caitlyn should be here if they're trying to contest this. So if Caitlyn was here and Caitlyn was able to set up traps, then Leona and Jace wouldn't have been able to get in because obviously Caitlyn traps would, you know, kind of sway them into not going into that far. But this kind of shows the inexperience with teams like BDS and teams like SK where, like, these rosters that have these you know newly formed players showing their inexperience in big pressure moments like this in bo's because you you can't do this like if you're trying to play this rift Herald fight you need it with, you need it with caitlin like leona's not gonna run in with a bunch of caitlin traps there that'd be that's just suicide but they started out without caitlin without her traps and then they lose gee i wonder why not winning a, a rift Herald fight without your uh caitlin to put down her traps to stop the members that are just gonna run at you and after this moment, you know it's over. Broken Blade gets another kill. Caps gets an, uh, another kill, I think, in this fight. Hansama, he really kind of was out of position right, right there. I mean, Crowdy could have easily 
poked and almost soloed Hansama right there to kind of get something back, but he didn't. And then he had an angle to run away from Leona enough when he flashed over the wall, but he didn't. You could just tell it's just nerves getting to these guys at this point. Now they know the game is over. They know they just lost Rift Herald. They know they were getting dove bot lane. So this is my issue with SK and BDS going to the next week, which is, you know, if just because it's a high pressure moment doesn't mean you have to make a 50-50. You don't have to just make the 50-50 play just because. You know, if your comp scales, I'd rather your comp scale and have that as your angle to win than making such aggressive early game moves that aren't benefiting you, you know? Because it also doesn't benefit them to get Rift held in that moment, knowing they can't really push it, push up forward anyway. Like, it would have gave them, what, a few turret plates? It doesn't really change much either. Adam, he looked pretty bad on Renekton. I just don't think he's a good Renekton player. I, I mean, he's had some performances on Renekton that have looked solid, I guess, but this game was definitely not a good uh, showing for Adam overall. And then... As this game went on, it, it, it was just a shellacking from G2. Oh, my goodness. And this is what you also want to see out of G2. And you know if G2 was playing like this in a game three of the series, then when they face Mad Lions, it, it's going to look pretty it's, it's going to look pretty rough from them, right? And we'll go over the G2 Mad Lions series in just a moment. Uh, we'll go over that, that Silas game that Nissi actually played. So, yeah, Warren, want to say any, anything else regarding the, the, the this series overall? Or you're just pretty much set on your consensus for uh, BDS. Oh, um, I think I think if they can clean up just uh, decision making, they can they could have won this game. I think I think a pick that people forget exists is Zoe, mm -hmm. um, because the reason I say Zoe is because Jace's poke. What is Zoe? She's Pope, right? And when Zoe's <laughs> really... Zoe can literally two-shot you from from Narnia. So, I think people should... Mm -hmm. I think, like... I get it. Rise is supposed to have the push, and, you know, he can roam, but, you know, that that's what I think. I think that... I think they didn't play to their draft. Yeah, my thing here is, if you're going to try and play out this draft, maybe not pick Rise here. I, I, I mean... Victor is probably better in the scenario. Syndra is better in this scenario. I still don't know why people don't play Zoe. Maybe Vex would also be not the worst champion to play. I mean, hell, Nico probably isn't the worst thing to play either in this, but I doubt teams are going to play that at all. And that pretty much wraps up the G2 BDS series. Now we're going to end up going to the Vitality Koi one. Let, let's go over that one because that is one that I want to talk about regarding the uh, Game 3 when it came to uh, Team Vitality. Sorry, Game 2. Yeah, so that, Game 2. So let's go over that, okay? So this is the game that everyone was just, you know, flaming Neon 4 and Kaiser. I mean, Neon and Kaiser have not had the best laning phase, even in the regular season, right? There were multiple games where they're just, you could tell, not on the same page, and you could tell that the synergy just right now at this current moment isn't there. So in a BO theory, in a best of series, you could probably assume and hope that teams will probably make it a point to make sure they hit that as a weakness, right? They know that Bo is going to try whatever he can to keep Vitality in the game. They know that. Now... Photon has been a pretty good top laner so far playing carries, and I still don't know why they gave 
Photon, like the weak side pick in this game, if I remember. So this was a game that Perks played Yone, uh, Kaiser and Neon had Zaya and Nautilus. And this is also showing that synergy problem that I mentioned before was the fact that there is really no reason Zaya and Nautilus should be contesting a Sivir and an Ash level one in a 2v2, especially when you have an Ash that can, you know, kite out the Nautilus and uh, Zaya. Then Comp started E on Sivir, where he spell shielded the Nautilus hook. Like, Comp by himself is already doing a good amount of damage to Kaiser. They lose first blood right here, and then Neon uh, obviously has to flash, because because if he doesn't flash, he's going to end up dying right here. He gets so chunked out, he can't even contest the wave. Then, if you're also watching this game, by around, I think, when they're level 9, they have, like, I think 69 CS compared to, like, Comp and Trimby, who are just murdering them. Then, like, right here, also, they're in no position to... Like, Bo cannot gank this lane. This lane's already lost. The best thing that Bo can do is get perks ahead, or he can get uh, Photon ahead. Now, sorry, I thought Photon got the weak side pick in this game. Uh, I think it was game one, or is it the other series they played, where he got a weak side pick that I wasn't really fully in agreement, agreement I think with. it was Heretics. It was Heretics, yeah. So right here, this this lane's already lost. They're, ganking it is just not going to work. I, I promise you guys. I've had bo- bad bot lane starts when, you know, you thought your level one is stronger than the enemy teams, and you just lose, and that just happens, right? There's really... And then look at right here. Look at right here. He misses... The spear hits a minion, right? Imagine if this guy had a Hecarim, potentially how this goes out. Or if they had... I, I forgot who, who they banned out in this game. Give me one second to go over this. So they banned... Yeah, Elise's ban, that makes sense. So the only jungle ban... Oh, sorry, you have two jungle bans. Well, sorry, Koi banned out Elise. And uh, Team Vitality banned out Sejuani. Okay, that's not bad, right? So imagine right here, if you pick a Kindred or a Hecarim, or you pick Lilia, how much different this gank actually looks. Because this is already over. This shit's done, right? This lane's over. Comp and Trimpy played it better. They had the better bot lane. Champions for the 2v2, and they and not only played it better, they're in such a massively huge position to carry the game. Nidalee provides nothing here, won't provide anything, because Ash will just kite Nidalee out. You also have uh, Sivir with a spell shield, can also kite Nidalee out from long range. Then you also have Malrong on Xin Zhao, who can duel Nidalee at a much better way, also pretty much 1v1 her. He can also invade and also make sure that she won't be getting and taking over the game over. Not happening. Then Kaiser and Neon just played extremely, extremely bad. You could tell after that, you know, the team, you you could tell the bot lane is not even talking to each other in that moment. Like, you know, just the game is over. Uh, Perks looked pretty underwhelming on Yone. Uh, maybe he thought to himself, hey, I'll pick Yone and I'll be able to, you know, take over the game if I get enough early jungle pressure. And Bo hasn't really ganked for mid a whole lot. I'm not too sure about the stats when it came to um, uh, the mid to jungle pressure that Bo and Perks actually have for each other. But I've not really seen Bo uh, gank for Perks all that much. And I I think if you give Perks the resources in some of these Vitality games, I think he can definitely take him over. But I also think that Bo played this game 
badly. For one, the Nidalee pick is bad. Second of all, Bo is not choosing the right lane to gank. Then you also have a game where, you know, they pick Yone and they're not even, you know, ganking. He's not even ganking for the Yone. Azir is constantly pushed up, just dominating the lane. As, as long as Azir goes even with Yone, he's fine. He'll just out-kite Yone as the game goes on. So then Neon also dies. Sivir's on Kraken Slayer. Uh, you know, Neon barely even has an item so far. You're at 12 minutes into the game, right? So you can tell how far ahead the bot lane actually is. You know, uh, Malrong, you know, showing his uh, 2022 form because his early 2023 form was looking, you know, pretty dicey, right? But I, I was actually glad that Malrong brought out the Zin Zhao pick, and I was also glad that Malrong had a really good series and another series against SK because I still think this guy's one of the best junglers in the LEC. He's shit. You know what? How does his dick taste in your mouth? Wait a minute. Like Koi. Ew. <laughs> so what did you think about the, the, this game right here? Uh, I think I think they need to stay away from the Zaya pick. I think you have to figure out, well, they need to look at, um, I think the jungle pick was the issue here. Um, and you need AP. If you're going to go AP jungler, you need, like, like I said, Diana, like, like, no, they banned Elise. I, I'm pretty sure Koi's the one that bans Elise. They banned it from themselves. Yeah, right. they banned it. From, so, yeah. Um, they right. banned away Elise because yeah, they both L- would take L- over. Lilia was open. I don't I don't know. Lilia was open. Um, like you said, Diana? Diana, Gra- diving. Gra- Gra- Gragas is open for diving. Echo is open for diving. Uh, oh, sorry. Huh. Warren's getting fucked by the Chinese or something. Huh. So, that was... Um, how I see this game, uh, Perks was randomly caught out oh. at this side of the map, and he's just getting destroyed. I don't my, know. My last thing is that mm-hmm. after seeing how they did, uh, how Vitaly got beaten by Koi, I you can't you you can't really feel bad for you can't you kind of feel I wouldn't say feel bad for SK. It's like okay, well SK lost to one of the best teams, right? Because look how. Pretty fair. Uh, yeah, look how they destroyed Team Vitality. They right. just they, clinic, just ran them through. And I think we could agree that Vitality, even if uh, Vitality has a better roster overall compared to, say, SK, um, uh, I think I think the Nilly pick and the Nol- the thing, I think I think you need to just switch it up. If I think go to Jinx, scale up, Give give Jinx an escape with like Thresh. Um, mm-hmm. I don't. I really don't know what the drafting is with lately with these. With these, I I I I I still don't understand. How remember, these people... they're trying to have an early game comp, but they're the ones that ban out Caitlyn and Lucian, and the Renekton. They ban the Renekton, so they can't, yeah. Like, like they can't this, this is some late. suspect drafting here, guys. Because you factor in, you have what, pairing up Nautilus with Zaya is not a bad bot-like combination, but you're trying to make sure that, you know, you're, you want to have early game pressure because it's such a lopsided comp here if you look at it. Nidalee is all early game, literally one of the biggest glass cannon champions in the game based off their, her early game, but they're drafting a Yone that needs to scale. 
they're drafting a bot lane that needs to scale or an ADC that needs to scale. So your main damage sources need to scale. So they're essentially kind of useless right now. Your only big damage source is Olaf, which he never went to top lane. So that is negligible. So, and they also ban out other early, early game strong ADCs too on their own side. Koi didn't ban them out. They did. They banned out Lucian and Caitlyn. Imagine how that 2v2 turns if they had Caitlyn. Or if they had Lucian. Just imagine how different that 2v2 or is. Or Draven. Oh, Lord. Yeah, they're instantly winning that. That's a... Let's <laughs> put that up. Draven is also open. This shows that Neon either is not comfortable carrying in those moments, or they have no faith in him carrying. It's only one of those two things. Vitaly upset. <laughs> well, that, that would have to happen in spring, so I got to play with Neon until the spring... Oh, sorry, winter's over. Mm. Right. Um... Uh... But I think uh, overall, it's Koi's looking really, really good. I was, yeah, I was proud of Koi. It was nice to see them play at the form that we expect from them coming in. This is the Koi we expected coming in. Just good early game, making the right decisions in the early game, right? Because I think what separates Koi's early game from other, other, other teams' early game in the LEC for all these years, even though they've had, like, different roster of players, different coaches. Is, they've always understood what is the thing that we need to do right now in the early game to give us the best advantage to make our advantage even bigger. And I've always liked that about, you know, Rogue to Koi. So, yeah, they eviscerate Team Vitality, who finished first place. Remember, guys, Koi finished, like, around seventh, okay? Then we're going to go and talk about the G2 Mad Lions series. We're going to do the second game because that's the one that, you know, people wanted us to hone in on. And don't worry. I got you guys. I got your backs. Don't worry. So this was the game that um, Niski played Silas. And like I said before, I, I do think Niski played well for what he was really doing. He played actually extremely well. But as the game went on, he made he had all the he had all the resources to carry he got all of the kills and the gold but he made one big crucial mistake if you are the person that is essentially the team you cannot and i repeat cannot make decisions like that especially more than one because you would give the game over because g2's comp is not only just better as the game gets uh more more and more as it goes uh mad lions comp as you see, compared to a Draven versus to an Ezreal, yeah, that's not going to look good for Ezreal against Draven later on, especially with a Soraka, right? So, Yike, I don't think had a really good series against Mad Lions. Like, Yike's definitely, he's had some games where he's looked, like, pretty good, but he's also had games where he's looked like, okay, this guy has no idea what he, it's not saying, like, he doesn't know what he, it's not saying he doesn't know what to do, it's more like he's, too indecisive on what he needs to do is a better better way of explaining it. So you have this 2v2 where uh Niski is on Silas and Sej uh El Yoya is on Sejuani. And there's really no way you should be winning this because Caps is ahead in experience, but then you know Niski hits level six. Uh you have El Yoya on Sejuani. So all you have to do essentially is just body block for the Silas, get the slowdown. And then Silas gets the kill right there. I, I think Niski could have uh, got the kill on the caps if he had landed that chain, right? And then, you know, Chasey comes in to all, obviously, you know, uh, help out get the kill onto caps. So, yeah. Oh, Lord. That 
was something where Yike and Caps have a very dicey 2v2. It's not that, that they're not on the same page. is They have a bad execution of their 2v2 skills. Uh, I, I think Chasey did not look that good on Jace overall. And that's kind of been my problem with any team that's been picking Jace. Is the teams have just not been doing well with the pick. It's been very underwhelming. It's the same thing that I talked about when it, it comes to Varus. Like, Varus has not looked good for all these teams. Varus, Jace... Freaking uh, the random Gigatrol Nidalee picks, Zaya. Like, there's so many teams that just cannot play these champions, and it's not that they can't play them in terms of like clicking the champion. I'm talking like the way you play the champion and what the champion is designed to do at that moment of the game. Like, no one picks Varus anymore. Uh, Varus is nerfed in this patch, but remember when Varus was Giga OP in the in that previous patch where fucking th- these pros look like I, I I didn't know what the fuck I was watching. I don't know what the fuck I was watching at all. But they seem like dog shit on Varus. Listen, listen, okay. I'm G two. I I don't want either. I don't want G two or Koi to go to MSI because if they do, I just want them to lose. So, like the two v two dive right here. It's like there's no way he should have been able to get away with that. Like Chasey didn't even play the game, this game even good. Like the dive was just bad on G 2s part. They weren't keeping yeah, that's track what I'm saying. of that's what I'm saying. If this was like an LPL team, they that's get an LPL money. game. They get back. Like, let's say if G two, in theory, were winning this game against a random LCK LPL team, you just do that. They're back into the game. You you do something like that. You're they're in the game again. You cannot just do that. Now, yeah, in, in theory, it's good to get these mistakes out right now. But the, it, this cannot be a continuing trend. If G two is going to go to MSI, it just cannot be. Yeah, it cannot be something that they do. <laughs> you can't. You can't have special needs like this. Like, and we've seen this. With the L- LCS and LEC too, there's been dives between the LEC and the LCS where the, these dives are badly coordinated. Like the, these guys are just running up there, going, "Well, you you, you gonna die first? You you going in first, bro? I don't know. Let's just let's see how it goes, bro. Not good. Then you have a position right there where El Yoya gets too close. Like he, yes, Sejuani should be the tank, obviously engaging, but right there just getting too chunked out, not really fully realizing the limits of his champion. Uh, Hill is saying, looked okay on Leona this game. And my my thing with Mad Lions is, I, I'm not going to say I have full faith in, in, in this team, but I do think Mad Lions have a chance of at least getting, I won't say the finals, but I think they make top four. I'll say that. That's probably the best place to really put them. I don't have faith in this team winning a title or winning w- w- winter right now because I think their early game is just too volatile. You see how Koi played their early game out? Where it's just, okay, we make this decision. Now this decision impacts this decision. And now we have more gold here and we get this objective and all that stuff. When Mad Lions is ahead, it's just like, they just kind of just keep, they kind of keep, just keep doing stuff without the realization of, okay, just doing this is not really going to give me an advantage. It's just getting a kill. So that's just my thing. I think Vitality, sorry. I think uh, Mad Lions have a chance at finishing top four. Will they win the split? I doubt it. But if they have a good week, there is something here I can see with the team. I'm still not the hugest fan of you know what Karzi has been bringing to this Mad Lions roster. I think he's looked all right at best. I think Hillisang has looked, I would say stable, but he's looked less Hillisang-ish the best way I can explain that. I think Chasey has shown that he can't really play Jace 
right now. So you're not going to be really picking Jace for Chasey when it comes to, you know, this next week of games coming up for Mad Lions. But yeah, that's how I see it right now when it comes to um, Mad Lions is having this big of an early game on Silas pretty much should have meant this went to a game three. But Niski making the very crucial mistakes of if you have all the gold and you are the team right now, you, you're, you're the one that has to be super extra careful about how you actually play. Because if Niski starts dying, which he did, he died twice, they got the shutdowns and they were able to, you know, um, bring the game back actually. But to be fair, I, I think people forget this too. Broken Blade was already outplaying Chasey in this moment, in this game anyway. So all of the gold was primarily on Niski. And once Niski got behind, it was, you know, just pretty much all she wrote, actually. All right. So let's go. So, yeah, we covered pretty much all these BO3s. Uh, so let's see the bracket. So right here, uh, the qualification match to get uh, into the BO. You didn't, you didn't cover uh, Astralis and... Do we have to? That was actually a good series. What are you talking about? Like I just don't want to cover because it's Astralis. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I mean, I mean, I, I, I get it. It was I it. it was closer. It was closer than I thought. I was like, huh. I was somewhat surprised, honestly. All right. So, what do you think about about the series? Oh, was it Mad versus Astralis? Right. It was. It we we did call this. We said it was gonna be two one. So we got the we got the score right, and Mad Lions did win too. I mean. I just didn't think Astralis had enough to win the whole thing, you know? But that's just how I see it. So what do you think about um, the Astralis Mad Lion series, actually? Um, I thought I thought they, they're a team that needed, like, the old format to do really well. And you can see that they're getting better as, as they play more, more and more games together. Finn stepping up. Now, um, are you a so, fan of the Twitch support? <laughs> um, might have let this guy cook too much. That's cooking a little too much. That's burnt chicken right there, cooking think, that hard. I think, I think it could have worked if they if he roamed a lot, but they didn't get a chance to. But I think, it, I think that at least they're trying something different, right? And I can respect it at least, yeah. Um, like so, Kabe on Cassiopeia, I don't think, but, but to be fair, I can't blame on that. Dejour's looked. Like he's a mid laner, I'll say that. <laughs> I think I think he might get subbed out. Um, he needs to. If they want to do, if they want to have any shot at doing better as the year goes on. He's he's just so bad, dude. It's hey. just looking real rough out here for him. Yeah. So I think, they, they were like, "I'm giving the ADC your champion." They were like, "You you stay on that. I'm giving the ADC uh the fucking mage, Bruh. <laughs> That's horrible. Oh, oh god. I think Warren's get, get, get getting calls from his uh his prostitute actually. So, uh, my thing here when it comes to Astralis is, uh, I just don't see a world they beat um BDS. Do you see a world where they beat BDS actually? Yes, yes. Because think about the way I look at it, right? And this is gonna sound weird. Mm-hmm. So if we're going off of the games that happened. There's only two games that went, um, uh, only three games that went to zero, right? Mm-hmm. And the fact that Astralis made it went to three games told showed me that Mad isn't that good of a team because that should have been a two zero. 
So and mm. Matt is a Matt is just as good as G two. So Astralis is probably coming in with a chip on their back. Like we could have probably won that series. We took game. We took a game from them. We could have beat them. Mm-hmm. So I think it's gonna come down to for the Astralis BES series, the losers bracket. Who's the better juggler? Is Shale gonna be better than one one three? We know that, uh, and is Nuke. I- yeah, because I'm pretty sure Shale's looked better. Yeah, it, it, yeah. It, how is Nuke going to play? Because we know the bot lanes are pretty even. Kabe has been pretty standout. Finn has been pretty good. and Adam's definitely... Yeah, this is probably going to look a lot closer than most people probably expect. Yeah, this is going to be yeah. a very competitive series, so it's going to really come down to the, the mid-jungle duo. So, but do I think... <laughs> do, some jank mid-jungle duo. Yes. <laughs> But I do have BDS coming out of top, but I think this is a two. I think this is a two-one series as well. Yeah, I was gonna say two-one for BDS. The thing with SK and Heretics, that's the more dicey one for me. Is if SK can win the series and get their form back, can that can they possibly upset Vitality? That's a very big possibility. Given that Vitality just no, I don't want them. I want Vitality to make them aside. Yeah, I mean. For narrative sake, yeah, and, and for Perks winning another trophy because Perks is the goat of the LEC, I would love if Vitality would win whoever they pl- they play up up against. And I think doesn't really matter if they face Heretics or SK. I think Vitality should edge it out, but I'm I'm not confident in that. I'll, I'll, I'll say two one, but I want to put an asterisk there. I am not confident that these games will be decisive. Actually, he's going to be very sloppy games, back and forth, or you're going to get draft diff like a lot of these teams i've been getting actually so can you uh help me with something okay so uh this is a loser's bracket right so whoever loses this is out right and then the qualification match right here this is to get into the top four right so whoever wins out out, out of these matches goes on whoever loses out of these matches is done right i'm pretty sure that's it right also, I'm crazy, you know. But that's just so how I'll, I see it. I was muted. Sorry. So what, okay. hap- so what happens is they go to the losers because um, whoever wins between uh, I don't like the way that format looks because it, it's confusing me. Okay, so basically, think as fuck. <laughs> whoever wins between um, BDS and so they would go down to the the that bracket. So that's um, that's so yeah that's them and then so those two teams are because only six teams are in the in the next four the, teams make the bo fives remember that right so mm-hmm. so so basically G two and Koi are now in the best of fives right right now. so they they automatically with their wins lock top four that's right. good yeah right. so now so now so now this week is all about figuring out who is gonna face them as the other two top four teams. So this is all, so, whoo, okay. So Vitality and Mad finishing top four. It, the top four realistically should be G2, Vitality, Mad, and Koi, realistically, right? Right. Is there any so, chance for any of these other teams to upset that top four potentially? I Okay, so here's the thing. If BDS beats Astralis, I think BDS can beat Mad, hands down. Mm-hmm. I think BDS could beat Mad. BDS can make a lower bracket run. 
So I think the dark horse for the lower bracket is definitely BDS. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and now the SK, do I think after... <sighs> I think they beat Team Heretics. I'm not worried about that one. Yeah, but, I think they, yeah, but the thing is, the X factor of Heretics is Yankos. The Yankos, like, decidedly was the best player in this series, too. If yeah. Markun can go even with Yankos and end or play better, I think there's a chance that SK wins. But, yeah, if, I, but if there's I a agree. chance for Yankos to run over him, I, if X Kick and DOS also become that bot lane that we saw, you know, last week, I think that's a favorite. I think it they should be favored to win this. They should win this. But. As as the game goes on, I mean, maybe you're favoriting Team Heretics. I'll say SK win this two one, but yeah, we'll have to see how the how it goes between them. I'll say SK win two one, BDS wins two one, and then you have your qualification matches between Vitality and Mad Lions. So what you have to see here is, ooh, wow. I could, yeah, I'll be pretty much firm on that. I think the top four will be Vitality, Mad Lions, G2, and Koi. I mean, because G2 gets to face Koi, right, going forward. And also, that's a rematch of the LEC 2022 Summer Split Finals. You also have Winter Playoffs right here. Let me go to that. Koi and G2 face each other. And then Koi and G2 will face on Monday, right? So we're going to see... The rest of this format pretty much play out, which is good. And we're going to see who ends up uh, making it to the top four. So, yeah, this week is very important for these teams, guys. Very important because they are in a position to make top four. And, you know, lock top locking top four is pretty good uh, overall for the split. And could be a big momentum setter for the rest of the year. So, yeah. Uh, is there anything else you want to go over before we uh, head out, actually? Uh, no, not really. I thought I thought all the games were fun to watch. Um, hopefully, L- LCS adopts this uh, play style. LCS has to adopt something like this. Like, just the first nine games into the best of three seems to be more fun, and it had a it's good year. It's the BO1's stakes to the point where, you know, you actually go like, damn, you don't get a whole... 18 games to fix your issue. No, you better fix your shit in nine games to get inside this playoffs. <laughs> yeah, so and I think I think the teams that we thought were gonna get uh 2-0, they didn't get 2-0, and the teams that we thought were gonna we got there's a lot of unex, unexpected surprises. So mm-hmm. overall I enjoyed it. But yeah, that's really all I gotta say. The last thing that I'll bring up is just keep in mind, guys, BO3s are just a different beast than BO1s. This is why I've been advocating that the LCS and the LEC go back to BO3s. If you want to be competitive with the LPL and the LCK, you need to have BO3s. You know, remember when the uh, LEC had BO3s back in 2017? And come on, like that was a, it was a great year overall. I say a great year in terms of like the LEC, like, in terms of like uh, uh, accolades, right? But overall, it was a competitively great format is having BO3s. I always advocate for BO3s. Always. I think hopefully the LCS will adopt this format, you know, next year. But you know how Riot is when changing up the format. If they have a bad format, they don't want to acknowledge they have a bad format and they don't want to change it. They wait years upon years of changing it. And I'm, I'm glad that we have this overall. I'm glad that, 
you know, we can see how these teams stack up in a BO3 because you get more games from these teams. And then you also notice, okay, is this team really as good? Is this team really able to just like step up right now? That's something that you need to look at and go, okay, this is something that is going to be super beneficial, hopefully for the LEC um, later on during the year. And we will pretty much wrap up this episode. I'm going to the LCS tomorrow. Can't wait to take a bunch of pictures, watch cloud nine play live. Um, yeah, I'll have a vlog out about my experience going to the LCS today. It was uh, very windy. So hopefully it's not too uh, windy. Uh, let me when ask I go you a out question. Uh, how much are like, how much is a ticket when you go to before they were $15. I think now they're like 20. Really? They're that cheap. Yeah, before they're like, just now they're $15 before. Now now they're probably 20 or they might be the, the same still. Now, like the closer the seats, the more money or? No, it's the same no matter what. The reason why there's a seating thing is uh, you pick where you seat now. Before, if you bought them, you could just walk them and choose anywhere to see it. Because the teams themselves bring their people to watch, like their content teams. You have their content guys doing the get you know they do the docuseries so you have like the teams bringing their their camera guys you have like some of the teams bringing like their their moms their dads to watch their orgs play and stuff like that so the reason why you want to get um the seats early is because you you can pick where where you sit and the rows only cap out so much actually caps up to like, like what i think 100 people i think isn't the yeah it fully goes out so yeah man i'm watching these games is live is so fun i can't wait to vlog it tomorrow i'm pretty excited because all right Oh my goodness! Can't wait to go watch. Uh, I told Chaz for the hundred these. Can't wait to watch your team lose first game. Imagine <laughs> if they win. I will get on my knees and I'll suck your and Chaz's dicks. With that, guys, we will be on <laughs> it a day. We'll see you next week. Uh, next week we'll have our episode on Wednesday. The two three reason why it was on Tuesday was because uh, I'm going to the LCS this week. I'm. We might go back to the LCS again when it's Super Week on Week Eight. We'll have to talk about about that. I'll talk, talk about that with my friend. But yeah. We'll see you guys next week. I'll be dropping my Excel video this week, and I'll also be dropping my Fanatic video this week as well. All right, guys. Thank you guys for